This is a Holy Baptist Church podcast, bringing you into a community in which everyone is welcome, lives are changing, and Jesus is King. Thanks for listening with us today. We would invite you to subscribe so you can keep up to date with us. But for now, we pray you enjoy listening for what God has in store for you in this episode, and that it helps change your life for the better, in Jesus' name. Enjoy. Paint me a picture. Part 2. Behind Your Walls. So it's part two this morning on um, the series of, um, just seeing my little friend Amelia there, hello. <laughs> All right, it's, the, um, it's part two this morning on the, uh, the series we're looking at, which um, is supposed to be a series about, or it's been called Paint Me a Picture. It's looking at images from the Bible which describe God and tries to paint us a picture to give us an understanding of what the writer in the Bible is trying to say um, through the words here. Um, so very metaphorical and who loves a good metaphor or a bad metaphor just a metaphor who knows what metaphor is that's one of the questions i think as well like metaphor it's a you know it's one of those words isn't it we we talk about it's one of those english language um best definition of a metaphor i could find was this so i'll read it out um a metaphor is a figure of speech that derives something by saying it's something else not meant to be taken literally so I don't know if that clears anything up for anyone <laughs> at all. Not me, really. So we, we um, I did English at university a long, long time ago. So I looked at like metaphors and similes, all those sort of really boring things, if you like, part of language. But actually not that boring, actually quite interesting. Um, now, the difference between a simile and a metaphor is that a simile says it is like something. So you would say um, his eyes were as bright as diamonds. So that's a good example of a simile. Whereas a metaphor, you would just say his eyes were diamonds. Okay, so a bit of a difference there. The snow was a white blanket across the ground. That's a metaphor. Okay. Um, he was an early bird. That's a metaphor. Okay. So we're not, you know, the, the snow is not actually a blanket across the ground. It's not actually a blanket, is it? That, you know, the person we're talking about who likes to get up early is not really a bird. But it's intended to paint a picture, to give us an idea. And, you know, that idea of a snow as a blanket across the... You know, I like that. That's a good image, isn't it? It's a good image. And you see, when we're... Anyone who likes books or reading and things like that, writers of these books, they use metaphors all the time in their language because it's a really good way of trying to get across what they're trying to say. So look through all the famous writers, Shakespeare, Thomas Hardy, Charles Dickens, J.K. Rowling, they all have them. They all use them. JK's still writing, so she still does. Um, they're very important literary tools to try and get an image across. Now, the Bible's no different with that at all. The Bible is full of metaphors right the way through, with the writers in the different books in the Bible trying to get across the image that they're painting which is another metaphor, by the way, paint me a picture. 
There we go. For example, Jesus said, and you can probably think of some straight off, Jesus said he was the bread of life. He said he was the shepherd for sheep. He said he was the light of the world. Now, none of those are literal. Jesus wasn't a piece of bread. He wasn't actually a shepherd. He wasn't actually just a shaft of light. But if you think about those images that Jesus talked about, they're all images that actually seep into our subconscious and paint us a picture of who Jesus really was. Now, last week, Martin talked about God as a potter and everything that that entails about what a a potter is. This week, we're looking at God as a fortress. So we're going to try and think what the writers who talked about God as a fortress in the Bible meant when they were getting across that image. We're going to try and think about what that actually means for us today. Now, we, uh, Katie and myself recently took our two girls up to Box Hill. Uh, they're three and six. Uh, so we, Box Hill's quite close to you. Probably lots of people have probably been there before. And there's a, it's a nice walk at the top. It's about a mile long, which is plenty for them before they start moaning. So a little walk across the top and great views across. Really, really lovely. And at the end, uh, there's a fort at the end of the walk there. And it's a, um, it's a disused fort. It's quite old. I think it goes back to the Second World War. So it's actually uh, relatively new, I, I guess. Um, but, th- I mean, the girls were fascinated with the fort. And there's lots of things. There's lots of rooms to look in. And there's, like, chimneys to look down and everything like that. And um, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. But the actual concept of what a fort is was actually quite hard for them to understand, really. And I'm trying to explain, um, try to explain it to them. Um, Now, it sort of struck me that the idea of a fort or a fortress comes across as a bit of an old-fashioned idea. So when we look at passages of the Bible to do with a fortress, of course, the Bible was written a long time ago. You know, fortresses were probably more relevant then to the writers, perhaps. And when I think of forts, I think of, um, uh, you know, films that are set uh, a long time ago, films like Troy or Braveheart, when you've got, like, marching armies and swords and spears and that's the sort of image that gives to me Um, but the truth is actually we still have fortresses now so especially in the world where there's conflict going on there are still fortresses now so in one sense it's a bit of a timeless concept as well this idea of what a fortress is now I just want to look at a few bible passages um, that talk about fortress so the first um if you've got a bible with you um is in uh, all three are in psalms actually so the first one psalm 18 2 i'll read this out Uh, so it says the lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer my god is my rock in whom i take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold uh, the second one is Psalm 62, verse 6. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. And the last one from Psalm 91, verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, 
my God in whom I trust. Keep your Bibles open near those passages to look back on as well, I think. You know, the idea this morning is to just try and reflect on that image of God as a fortress. Um, now, the people who wrote these, um, David wrote the first two Psalms. It's considered that it was Moses, actually, who wrote the other one. Um, and they're giant figures in the Bible, aren't they? Most people have heard of Moses and David. David, very famous king of Israel, best known for the defeat of Goliath. Um, Moses, well known for um, leading the, Is- Israel- the Israelites out of Egypt when they were enslaved. Um, but even though they're giant figures of the Bible, they're humans as well. Humans that had insecurities, that had worries, that had issues, that struggled with things, that had problems, that had troubles. And we can see that if we read about them in the Bible as well. And you see, if you look through these verses here, there's a real repetition of the word my. Lord, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. He's my rock, born of my salvation. Next one, he's my rock, my salvation, my fortress. Next one, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. It's all this repetition of the word my, because they're trying to apply it to their lives and the struggles that they have. They're trying to apply this idea of God as a fortress for them. And as with any writers, they're trying to get across this image of God as a fortress in the strongest possible way metaphor that there is and for them at that time it would have been as a fortress now i just want you everyone here whether you're here online just to close your eyes for a minute just for a moment and just try and picture in your minds what a fortress looks like and it's going to be different for everybody i'd imagine what a fortress might look like to you And you're probably going to have some sort of physical image in your mind of that. I'm just going to be quiet for just a little bit and just want you to try and picture that in your minds. Okay, so with that, we're just going to watch a short video. So I just want you to bear in mind as we watch this video, the idea of a fortress. How did the the images speak to you with that? They might mean different things for different people there. Um, Did it reinforce your idea of a fortress? Did it change? Just try and reflect on those um, a bit as we continue. I've watched that video many times in preparing this, and I've written, I wrote down some thoughts um, about it. Uh, The endless, vast sand dunes and desert that felt almost claustrophobically oppressive. The sweeping clouds across an endless sky. The sinking sand in trying to navigate an ocean of wilderness the unmoving rock faces, the deep forests, a sweeping lush green across the landscape, the vast blue ocean, and a fortress above everything, beneath beautiful sun, 
swirling mists enveloping it. But when they clear, the fortress still stands. You see, just like those people in the Bible that we looked at, we need the strength, the security that a fortress brings. Because God never promises that life is going to be easy. Martin talked about this a few weeks ago when we looked at the book of Genesis. And there's a lot wrong with this world, isn't there? I think we can all agree with that. There's a lot wrong with this world. And there can occasionally be this false myth that if you're a follower of Jesus, things are going to be better. They're going to be easier. And that's not true, because if anything, the law of God is so at odds with the law of the world that things can be harder. And life is hard, whether we are a follower of Jesus or whether we're not. Life is hard. So if life is hard, and it is, where do we go for our refuge and our strength and our renewal? Where is it that is reliably firm and solid? Where will the foundations not crack beneath our feet? Now, I, I, I like a good football analogy, or a football metaphor, maybe, you could say. And uh, I'm, a big, I'm a big Liverpool fan, and uh, years back, about 10 years ago, I remember, we were right in the middle of a big, push for the title so for the uninitiated that's trying to win the Premier League title which for Liverpool doesn't happen too often Um, and we had a brilliant team that year we really did it was full of top class players Suarez, Sturridge, Sterling, Coutinho and anyone who knows their football they'll be nodding along in appreciation at some of those names Um, in the final couple of games it all fell apart we had a bad loss against Chelsea and then we had to play Crystal Palace and we were 3-0 up with 10 minutes to go and it brought it back to 3-all and it all fell apart and we lost the title. Now why did we lose the title when we were so good that season? There's lots of reasons for that of course but the main reason was the defence was not good enough. We had all these brilliant players going forward but to win a Premier League title you need a solid foundation. You need strength at the back. Teams do not win Premier Leagues without that solid foundation, no matter how good they are going forward. Now, of course, Jesus told that parable, didn't he, about the two men who built the house, one who built the house on the sands and the house sunk, and the other man who built his house on the rock, which stood firm. Brilliant story, brilliant analogy, great imagery there. I've always liked that one, I think, because... You can really try and understand, can't you, the image and what Jesus is trying to say with that. Where do you run when you are in trouble? Because metaphorically, we all run somewhere when we're in trouble. Are we as a church doing what we can to make this church a refuge for people? A good friend of mine years back, um, leading a Bible study, I think, at the time, um, he was talking about faith, and he said, when it comes to faith, our feelings are rubbish. Now, I want to put that into context with that, because I think it's, I want to make it very clear, feelings are not rubbish. How we feel is important. It's important to God. It's important to us. So feelings are not rubbish. How we feel is very important. 
But the point he was trying to make, that how we feel should not be at the basis of our faith. How we feel day to day, week to week, year to year, does not change who God is. It doesn't change the fact of who God is and the attributes that God has that make him God. So it doesn't matter how we feel. We can be having bad days, bad weeks, bad years. That doesn't change who God is. If we don't feel close to God, if we don't feel like he's not a solid foundation in our lives, that doesn't change who he is. Because God is a fortress. God is a solid foundation. He doesn't change. That fortress is available and it's up to us to decide whether we want to use it. Use that as an encouragement because the foundations that God provides are still there. They haven't weakened. They're not soft. They've not mellowed or softened at all over the years. They are as strong, they are as immovable, as powerful as ever. It's our choice whether we take refuge with that. Maybe you're listening this morning and you really need that stability that God brings. And let's face it, we all need stability. In the Bible, there are passages and sentences and sections that start with the word, uh, therefore. Paul, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, uh, uses it quite a bit. He uses the word therefore. Now, it was always taught that when you look at the word therefore, you should ask, what is it there for? Okay. So if Paul ever uses the word therefore, if you look at the passage above that, actually, they're very linked. So he'll say, Therefore, we need to do this. And if you look at the passage above, you can see the reason why Paul is saying we need to do this. Now, I want to try and apply that to what we're looking at today. It's the idea of God being our fortress. So if you think of that, it's a statement of fact, if you like. God is my fortress, therefore. So in other words, what does that mean for you? If you can say, God is my fortress, Therefore, how can you live your life a bit differently in that knowledge? Can you actually try and connect with the fact, the fact, and that's what it is, connect with the fact that God is a fortress no matter how you're feeling today? So I just want to finish by saying, be encouraged that God is a fortress, but be challenged as to what that means for you. And I'll say a bit from that video again. The sweeping clouds across an endless sky, the sinking sand in trying to navigate an ocean of wilderness, the unmoving rock faces, the deep forests, the vast blue ocean, and a fortress above everything beneath beautiful sun. Swirling mists envelop it, but when they clear, the fortress still stands.
When things are difficult and life is hard, where do you run to? How can you try to relate to the idea of God being your fortress when you don't feel it? If God is your fortress, what does that mean for how you live your life? That was today's episode of Holy Baptist Church Podcast. We hope it's prompted you to want to follow Jesus, hopefully a lot, but even just a little bit more closely. If you have any questions about what you've heard in today's episode or you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, you can email us, gotquestions at holybaptist.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. It would really make our day. If you want to hear more from us, just a reminder, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can download the Holy Baptist Church app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to hear it as well. Simply search Holy Baptist Church. Thank you again for listening to Holy Baptist Church podcast. We pray God will bless you and we'll see you next time.